Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> hey. It's been it's been a long time since I've seen you. I know. Actually, this time. Like, I'm being for real. Most of the time I'm joking because we usually see each other a lot. Oh, my God, because we've been doing convention prep. It's usually like, oh, I saw you yesterday when we recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually been a couple days because now that we don't work together. Oh, that's great. The not 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 that part, but the fact that we didn't have to record like four oh, episodes yeah, 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 at yeah. six a.m. Well, we should have, but we didn't. Oh uh, yeah, I'm dog sitting. Yeah, Ben's dog sitting, so we couldn't do it. But yeah, I'd never see Ben at work anymore. Like I think I saw you for the first time in like two weeks yesterday. I walked by a clock out station. You were walking past. And I was like, "Is that who I think it is?" But yeah, my new job's glorious. Your new job's great. Uh, my job sucks now. And if it sucked before, if certain people leave, you could always swoop in. I could swoop in. I, uh, I have. Well, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I might get a promotion instead. We'll see. All right. Um, I haven't decided. Any news for you, Bob? Uh, I'm trying to think of it. I sent you all kinds of shit yesterday, and none of it's on my mind. Yeah, you sent me a bunch of stuff. I'm like, wow, look at that. <laughs> uh, you sent me a cool thing about a Jaws documentary. Yes, that, that uh, was really cool. Shudder's doing. I think it's specifically like sharks. Yeah, it's like sharks and horror movies. I love sharks. I think they're super cool. They're like the puppy dogs of the sea. Terrifying. They're usually pretty sweet. You guys, you guys have never witnessed me watch a shark movie on this podcast because I don't want to. They scare me. Let me give you a hint. There's a. We're gonna watch a shark movie for convention prep soon, and I'm <laughs> dreading it. You hear Bob getting anxious. I love sharks. I think they're great. They're honestly pretty chill for like apex predators. Much more chill than land apex predators. Mostly because we're discussing fleshy land creatures that they don't want to eat. That helps. But it, I think documentaries on them are always cool, and so it'll be cool to see a like specifically horror-related one because I think the Shutter horror documentary is always fun. Cause yeah. It's so niche. Mm-hmm. Anything else you got for news? Oh, man. No, I don't think I have any news. Okay. Not this time. I have news. You have news? Yeah. Hell yeah. So was on the interwebs, mm-hmm. and I found... That I think it's Full Moon that's doing it. So David Ban is releasing a David Allen work. Do you know who that is? That name is so familiar. Well, it's probably because it sounds like Barry Allen, like The Flash. No, 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 no. And no, you no, just no. finished watching The Flash the other day. I did. It was fine. No, so David, I think it's, it's David W. Allen, but he is a old school special effects guy. Oh. That does like special effects animation and a lot of like classic science fiction, fantasy, horror stuff. Okay. I. Th- don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or if I've just talked about it to you, but remember I talked about Caveman, that movie with Ringo Starr? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we definitely talked about it at okay. work and so laughed. There's a movie called Caveman, uh, and it stars Ringo Starr yeah. from the Beatles or the Ringles, which, whichever one. <laughs> the Ringles. <laughs> That's his band. That. <laughs> no, but you're going to get that. But it stars Ringo Starr playing a caveman, yeah. and it's just a super cheesy, like, B- comedy not science fiction but you know fantasy yeah, yeah, movie, yeah whatever with dinosaurs and shit mm-hmm. but I, i'm using it as an example because i believe the special effects were done by uh alan mm-hmm. in that and they're the really classic like stop motion animation for the dinosaurs oh which i man. love and because that that's just what he did and he worked on a bunch of projects i scrolled through his like filmography some because i'm like sort of familiar with him in passing but not like off the top of my head because he's a special effects guy and while i think they're super cool it's hard to know like right away what they're in because it's 
not super advertised unless you're looking for it. Yeah. With that being said, I think he did like a bunch of the Puppet Master stuff. So it's one of the bigger Full Moon uh, like series. Oh, you just said, okay. Yep, I know what you're talking about now. What did you think I said? You said Puppet Master, and I didn't know what you were talking about, and then you said Full Moon, and then I connected the yeah. two and thought about what it was. That's why I think uh, David Bands so like Full Moon's going to release this. But uh, he died in, I think, 1999, um, so a while ago now, mm-hmm. like 24 years ago. And when he died, he had this unfinished work. Uh, it's called The Primevals, and it is basically his passion project. Super insane. Like, I think he started working on it, I think I was reading, like, in 1978. Holy shit. Didn't finish it. And so it got, like, an Indiegogo a year ago or something to, like, finish it. And um, it looks like it might be coming out this year. Like, Full Moon's going to finish it and release yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, like, That's they funded it so and everything. fucking cool. So they redid it. They remastered it. I think it has, like, most of his animation and stuff in there. There's live action scenes, so I don't know how they went about doing it. I'm probably going to get a Blu-ray so I can figure that out. Because assumedly, they kept all the animation and might have to reshoot, like, human scenes. Some of the live action stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Or just film that for the first time. That's really cool. super cool. Oh, wow. I can pull a picture of Slang really quick just to show you what it looks like. I I know we haven't really... We've talked about horror animation a little bit on the show, but it's something we haven't really, like, covered a ton. Some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen has been horror animation. But, like, specifically claymation. I love... And stop motion stuff. Yeah. Like... There was this, I can't remember, it's some random YouTube video that my friend Sam showed me in high school. Literally, quite literally, one of the scariest things I've ever seen, and it's a little claymation, like, stop-motion thing that's, like, 15 minutes. Look at this little thing. It's got a Yeti. That's so cool! I, I, I love stuff like that. I don't know. I love stop-motion, so this is super cool for me, and I always love seeing um, stop-motion used as a effect in movies, just because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very old-school technique that really isn't used anymore, because... Yeah basically what you had to use before cgi uh, you know it's it's old school special effects i'm just such a fan i much prefer that to cgi most of the time i i don't know cgi is a tool and yeah i i have a lot of respect for well done cgi the issue is that it's like any form of art and doing it well is hard and doing it poorly is easy yeah so that's fair like we watched um oh god splinter like the stop motion of that is so fucking good oh yeah that's, that's great Fantastic. Highly recommend. If you haven't listened to that episode or seen that movie, check it out. That's from what? Season two? Something like that, I season think Season two so. of the show? I don't remember what episode. That's, that's like episode 14. They Live Inside. Yeah. Which was... Season two. Season two, yeah. Yeah, it's like season two, episode 14. I only know that because I have to look at the files often <laughs> when I'm cutting for the show. So it's like, I know all the episode numbers by heart. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes you'll see stop motion still in like monster effects. Yeah, man. Lower budget stuff. And, you know, that's cool, but it's not the same as like... Really, really old movies where they had to use special effects for, like, whole creatures Mm -hmm. like that. So, anyways, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was super cool. No, that is really fucking cool. And I'm actually, if you get that Blu-ray, we should watch it. But, you uh, watch it for the show, maybe? I don't know. Maybe we'll save it. You know what we should do with it. Never mind. It's, well, the audience doesn't know about this. I've talked to Bob about a category I want to do. No, not even that. No? What were you thinking It's a full moon production. Ah, that thing. I told you know who I told I told Austin about that last night. He went, "That's a great idea." I went, "I know." Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I raised the point that we're doing convention prep right now. And that's yeah, yeah, already, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. already a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I told Austin we're not doing that for a while, but we'll probably save it. All right. On uh, that vague hinting well, fact, I'll I'll let the audience know we have a lot of things in mind for extra oh stuff we want to do. There's so many ideas that happen, and then we go. That's a good idea. Oh, my God. The amount of time we have is abysmal. Not enough. Once convention preps up, though, we'll have space to do more stuff. Well, yeah, because once convention preps up, we'll be back to one a week. 
the year will basically be over and we can end the year of holidays. Yeah. And do something else. But then we also have the other thing. Look, October is going to be a good month. I'm telling you that right now. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Moving on. What are we uh what are we watching today, Ben? Well, we're we're doing a board episode. I know. So, I got to pick, right? Yeah, what are we watching, Bob? You asked me like I knew and I'm like, I I don't know. I know. Um Jurassic so, Bark? Jurassic Bark. She could be a, like a velo No, never mind. She's not nearly vicious enough to be a velociraptor. <laughs> She's a little too inbred to be a Oh, don't call designed. my dog inbred. Come on. Yeah, but she she might be inbred, but she's not from <laughs> she InGen. She's licking, about to lick the floor. <laughs> she's inbred. She's so stupid. Piper, what are you doing? Hello. <laughs> she's so dumb. I love my dog, but Jesus Christ. She has brain damage. Yeah. She called it herself, not my fault. <laughs> Bob wants to assure you he didn't beat his dog no. into stupidity. No, she smashes her own skull into stuff all the time. <laughs> she did it to herself. So our categories for this season, we got haunted houses, we got swamps, we have fear the music. I'm down to one spot in Fear the Music, so I don't want to. I don't want to finish the category because I don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. Down to two spots in haunted houses. Yeah, and two spots in swamps. Two spots in swamps, but well, stinky swamp cast. Don't quit. We quit. gotta specify it. The it actual don't title. call it that. It's called swamps. I just did haunted houses two episodes ago because we got the haunting. So I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna pick swamps because we haven't been there since episode one of the season. Bob wants to save haunted houses. <laughs> I do. It's really good. It was really good, and I don't want to just blow through all the good stuff. I'm trying to l- space it out. You're doing swamps? Yeah, I'm doing swamps. Stinky swamp gas. What if What if there's an actual stinky swamp gas movie? That's that's fine. <laughs> Actually, that would be interesting. Because the last one was Crocodiles, which is cool. Like I, I like that movie, and it's a it's good, but I just... I had a moment of, was it Crocodiles or was it Alligators? So I was like, it was nah, Crocodiles. It was a, a, a big-ass saltwater, saltwater crocodile. crocodile. Spot number one. Fuck it. We'll see what's in spot one. The look on Ben's face. I'm happy. Oh, really? Yeah. Good, good. I'm excited. I didn't know if you were pissed off or well, happy. I couldn't tell. I'm going to have a fun time. What does that mean? <laughs> we'll save my thoughts on this movie till till the end. But today okay. we're watching a 1997 movie oh. entitled Anaconda. We're watching Anaconda? Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. I'm actually... <laughs> oh my god. What? Holy shit. I've never seen this movie. Yeah, I didn't think so. But, but, hear me out. So, okay, this is going to be a little tough to explain. My mom's brother, mm-hmm. who is, like, only slightly older than me, because my grandpa had a child very old. He's productive. Yeah. He's, like, my uncle's, like, <laughs> he's, he's like, 26, 27, and I'm 23. So, he's like, four or five years younger than me, older than me. So, whenever <laughs> I was a kid, uh, I would go over to uh, my step-grandma's house and hang out with him, because we were, like, around the same age, and my mom wanted to pawn me off on somebody. Yeah. He was watching Anaconda one time, and I walked in and went, nope, and left the room immediately. That sounds like a So I've seen story. a single scene of this movie where a snake just annihilated someone and went, I'm not watching that this. That could literally be any scene in this movie. I know, but I'm just saying, I have a, this is exciting because I've actually wanted to go back and watch Anaconda. Because we've talked about Anaconda at work before. Maybe. We definitely have, because I brought it up and you said, oh, we should watch Anaconda, and I went, okay. I just want to say, it's vaguely swamp-related. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Vaguely. Look, there could be giant it's, snakes it's, in the swamp. It's swampy enough. Yeah, it's fine. I just meant the environment. It's kind of a swamp, but also kind of not. Yeah, but I would say Anaconda gives swamp vibes, like um, environmentally. It shouldn't. <laughs> well, it just does now. Sure. Because uh, people release their pets into the Florida Everglades. <laughs> that, oh, God. And that they guy. eat babies and alligators. I was about to say, that guy on YouTube who's just out there 
Yoink! <laughs> Yoinking animals out of those Everglades. Bob's Bob's referring to. I I showed him a video of this guy who um. I I guess he's a herbital her her herbologist her, herpetologist. I I guess, but that wouldn't be the word. But I think he's a reptile dealer. Yeah, or isn't that a herpetologist? I think that's someone who studies reptiles. I'm uh, not sure someone who stel- like sells them would be. Oh, okay. But a reptile salesman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a guy who like sells reptiles uh, primarily. I assume that's what he's doing. I hope that's what he's doing. Anyways, he goes out into the Everglades and he yoinks animals, which is a fancy word for saying he he walks up barefoot into the Everglades and just grabs shit, uh, primarily reptiles, that I need to stress are all invasive, which that's why it's mostly okay. Like, you shouldn't get animals from the wild for pets. It's kind of fucked up. But if they're invasive, your options are basically, like, kill, kill them, them or put them in the pet trade. So one is definitely better than the other. Mm-hmm. But mad lad. Like, Absolute just maniac. grabbing an alligator by the tail. He showed me a video of this guy walking off into the Everglades, and he looks, look, he's like, look at all these puppies. And there's, like, 40 <laughs> alligators looking at him in the water, and I look was like, these swamp oh. puppies. No, 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 no. You can see their eyes reflecting on the camera lens. Absolutely not. That's so scary. Wild. Uh, it's actually fucked up. People will purposely release stuff into the Everglades. See, that is fucked up. To do that exact thing. I don't think this guy's doing it, but, like, I know for a fact there's a, a ton, a ton, a ton of chameleons there in Florida. Because people have gone and released a bunch of chameleons into the wild, and then we'll go out at night and catch them. Because it's very specifically, especially chameleons, because they're super slow. So if you take care of a bunch of them outside, because it's easier than like like breeding them yourself. Yeah, super easy to catch. Makes sense. Okay. Um. Yeah. Back to anaconda. <laughs> Description: Giant snake movie. Yeah. Oh man, that's exciting. Oh man, it's an hour and twenty nine minutes long. Oh, we got a short one. Ah, uh, you're excited right now. It's PG-13. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it'll be okay. No, Ben. Because it's, um, okay, I'm going to. What I'm was gonna... the last PG-13 animal movie we watched? And how know. scared was I during that? I don't remember. I don't know if we watched a PG-13 animal movie. Arachnophobia. That movie held me almost crying. Vaguely afraid. Vaguely. Uh, What I will say, though, is, and spoilers for my opinions here, not a great movie. No. Okay? I'm sorry for, for spoiling that for anyone who hasn't heard of Anaconda. Uh, so, review scores right here. IMDb gave it a 4.8 out of 10. Tomato Meter gave it a 40%. And audience score gave it a 24%. Look, I'm not... I didn't... I wasn't excited when you said Anaconda because I knew it was going to be a good movie. I'm excited because I know it's going to be a fun movie. <laughs> that, Two yeah. very different things. Yeah, that's that's about right. I, I just want to put out there that, like, Bob's usually super afraid of PG-13 movies because they usually rely on things that scare Bob. More than like gore, so like jump scares, and um, so there's a there's an intimate fear of PG-13 movies now, and I'm just saying that this one might bring down the well the level of fear for PG-13 stuff. My fear of PG-13 comes from a arachnophobia scared me a lot because it's spiders, and I'm very afraid of spiders. But also, I know that like what is it? Insidious is like PG-13. A bunch of like widely regarded as super scary horror movies are PG-13 because they they rely on tension and a bunch of other things that don't give you a high rating. Yeah, and that's something that. I don't know. You know, I'm not a huge... I've watched a ton of horror movies. I, I'll call myself a horror fan now. I've seen approximately 50-something, whatever episode we're on total. Well, we're recording right now, and I think this is... 35 of the show, but I don't know how many extras we have. So I would say I have I a... I think this is like 62, 63. No way. Yeah. We're really at 62? Yeah. Jesus Christ. We're coming Only. up on 100 fast. It's been like six months. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> We've been doing like 10 a month. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway. It's only like four weeks a month. <laughs> You're right. 
But yeah, like, I haven't seen a lot of that stuff, so I don't have that innate fear of PG-13 from that. I just have it from arachnophobia and knowing that that stuff is out there and it scares me. Yeah, I think the the rule, and I don't know, we probably haven't talked about this, but for me, the rule is kind of like, in the modern day, like, horror is a lot more popular than it used to be. It's now, like, a mainstream thing for the most part. Yeah. And so now there's kind of, like, industry standards due to, like, this is what the audience are expecting. And for the most part, what audiences expect when they hear a horror movie is an R-rated horror movie. Mm-hmm. So when a horror movie nowadays chooses to be PG-13, they're either choosing to do that uh, to hit a younger audience or because they didn't feel like they needed the R rating to draw people in and think they can stand on their own without it. Both of those are usually indicative of, well, a jump scares usually, younger audience and stuff like that. But also just, oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, a film that tries to rely a lot higher on fear factor rather than, like, blood or gore language and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, in some cases, blood or gore is a, a tool that, to be honest, overused in modern horror movies. Like, yeah. I get wanting blood and guts, but sometimes I'm like, that's just not scary. Like, I've never seen blood or guts and been like, oh, I'm scared of that. It's always, oh, that's gross. And it's a very different, like... Sense of fear, I guess. I don't know. There's there's some horror movies I can think of where it's like there's blood and guts in it. It's not scary, but it's the dread of, oh, my God, that was a person. That's fair. I mean, Terrifier 2 did almost make me pass out, but I wasn't afraid. But I guess that might be because Dark the Clown. Yeah, but that's not mm-hmm. the same. Like, there's some super off topic now, but there's some gore in films that is so shocking not in the like over the top gore way that terrifier is mm-hmm. but in the sense of like oh my god that was such a brutal thing to happen to a human being that's fair i mean we haven't seen an eli roth film yet so i haven't gotten there i uh, yeah i mean it, it has to do with the combination i think for films like that what i'm referring to because there's a couple specific scenes in different movies i can think of off the top of my head and i'm sure we'll watch them eventually <laughs> um and i'll mention them whenever we get to them but there's a couple scenes in films like that that hit really, really hard. And I think it's a combination of the tone of the film, which tends to be usually more realistic, mm-hmm. combined with gore that is like has a lot of realism to it. Yeah. In a way that makes the kills feel just super brutal. Yeah, I, th- I think... Oh, God. Has that come out? Yeah, That's out. We c- Yeah, we can talk about that because it's coming out. Yeah, it's out. I would say the Crazies remake has some kills like that. Yeah, that's like, out. there's one kill specifically that where I went, Oh my god. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to... I don't want to spoil uh, it. Do, spoil do a visual mime. <laughs> yeah, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that shit fucked me up. It's not brutal, but it's... Yeah, Yeah, sudden. like, I'm just like, oh my god, what the fuck? And there's no gore even there. Like, there's no blood, there's no guts. It's just like... And there, there's... Stunned. Some horror you get from, like, gore is that same thing where it's, it's stunning and it's hard to watch because it's so visceral. Mm-hmm. But then there's gore involved. Because you can have goreless kills like that like bob's talking about one from the crazies uh that fits that yeah the remake specifically yeah but long story short back to the pg-13 discussion uh here a lot of modern pg-13 movies i think tend to be decently scary mm-hmm. uh, at least the big ones right but if we go back before like horror started to be really popular uh like in the modern age there was a lot of pg-13 movies coming out in the early noughties and like the 90s and obviously earlier than that, but especially around that period. That was made for, like, younger teens and stuff. And a lot of that is not scary in the same way. Because it's horror movies made for that, like, teenage audience. So probably, like, 14 to 18. Like, can't get into R-rated movies, but want to go, like, by themselves to a movie theater and watch something. Versus PG-13 today, which is made for, like, 
adults, I think, a lot of times. Yeah. Point being is this is one of those. So I'm still excited. Also, it's a monster movie, so that's always its own bag of bones. It's also, I would say, probably my favorite genre of movie. Oh, monster For movies? Monster movies are so good. I love good. monster movies, yeah. They're so fun. Well, They're always at least interesting. I love creature features. It's like, I guess monster movie is kind of a creature feature, but yeah, kind of specific. I guess it's kind of specific, yeah. Anyways, that's a logistical thing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, awards. Let's get back into it. Oh, yeah. Anaconda. Six wins and 11 nominations. That's actually better than I expected. I, I don't remember because I didn't write these down, but I'm pretty sure those awards are like Razzies and stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bob was, like, excited. Well, no, I just... It, when you say six awards, 11 nominations, I expect good awards, not stuff like worst movie from the Chainsaw Awards. Oh, no. Awards. When, I, when I count awards, those go down, too, because... That's an award in its own right. It's a win. We should be aware of that. All right. Notable actors. John Voight as Paul Cerrone. Mm. Uh, he's Ed in Deliverance. I, that movie's scary. You've never seen it. No, but I've heard that but movie's I've scary. But I've about it. My favorite Deliverance story, because I'm not sure if and when we'll watch it on this podcast, because it's, it's super horror adjacent. Like, if here's horror in the center. It's way off. Yeah, but I've heard it's a field. very scary film. Not by modern standards, Suspenseful might be the word. Mm. I like it. Suspenseful get me. My my favorite story is I watched it for the first time super recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd heard about it a lot, but I just never got around to watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. I talked about it to you, and I watched it for the first time on the 50th anniversary, like day of Yep. a late night with all my friends because I was like, I want to watch Deliverance. I remember you came into work and told me. Didn't even know. Well, yeah, because I was watching the movie, and one of us went like, I mean, when did this come out? And we looked it up, we were like, oh, my friend texted his dad what we were watching. And the dad was like, oh, you know they came out today, 50 years ago. And we're like, oh, no. Nice. Good movie, though. Anyways, yeah, John Voight's Paul uh, Cerrone, so he's Ed Deliverance. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. I forgot she was in this. Terry Flores. She's Karen Sisko in Out of Sight. Eric Stoltz as Dr. Stephen Kale. Uh, he's Lance in Pulp Fiction. Yep. Ice Cube. Yep. <laughs> as Danny Rich. Uh, Doughboy in Boys in the Hood. Uh, Jonathan Hyde as Warren Westridge. You'll actually know this actor. Dr. Alan Chamberlain and The Mummy. Oh! He's like the one with the glasses and yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 one yeah. One of the nerdy Americans. Oh, man, we should watch The Mummy. I love The Mummy. I love The Mummy, too. I don't know if that's really horror. It's called The Mummy. Uh, Well, so the original Mummy, we're talking about uh the one from 1999, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've seen both of them. I, I like both of them. But the original Mummy is a like, classic universal monster Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. I would say the 1990 movie is like a pulp adventure movie. Which, it's Boris Karloff, right, is the mummy? I don't know. Not off the top of my mind. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I think fun. it's in Common Domain, too. Is it? Maybe. That's where I... Because it's so old. I need to get into video editing so we can use some of this older public domain stuff for our TikTok and like other media content. I don't know. That's an eventual thing. Well, that's a thing that I want to do now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jonathan Hyde's great. Not in like a lot of stuff you'd know, but he does a great job in the mummy. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson... As Gary Dixon. I didn't know Owen Wilson was in this. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, he played Ned Plimpton in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizo. God, what a... Owen Wilson's such a strange That's actor. a Wes Anderson film. Oh! Yeah. I love The Life Aquatic. I don't think you'd like it because it's a water movie. Oh, awesome. But what? it's also a Wes Anderson film, so it's not like super serious. Okay. I love Wes Anderson. That new movie's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. The one about the uh, asteroid? It's called Asteroid City, I think. I think that's right. It looks wild. Just from the trailers and shit. It, it doesn't so colorful. look wild. It looks like a Wes Anderson film, which are similar 
things, but it's it looks like his works and not like insane for him. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, it's insane for me because I've never seen one. I guess is my point. Have you, have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? Nope. Oh shit! I know you haven't seen the Grand Budapest Hotel because mm-hmm. I love that movie. Any uh, movie you love, I've never seen. <laughs> I know it always annoys me. Kari Werwer as Denise Kalberg. Uh, she was Sheriff Samantha Parker in Eight Legged Freaks. Oh. Okay. The uh, female lead in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to our man. Yeah. David Arquette. David Arquette, who I have to buy a pipe for. <laughs> oh we talked God. about that on the show? No, not yet. Okay. I'll s- <laughs> do we want to take it? Okay. Well, anyway. We'll so- save it for later. Okay. Vincent uh, Castellanos as Matteo. Uh, he was an art dealer in The Master of Disguise. Never seen that. The the movie where... Turtle. Yeah. What? Who is that? God. He's in um Wayne's World. What's his name? Dana Carvey. Which, you know the, uh, yeah, Dana Carvey. Yeah. You know the famous story about the turtle costume, right? Yeah, I, 9-11. He was wearing that during 9-11. For anyone who didn't know, fucked up thing to be wearing. Not his fault, obviously. No, like, not at all. Oh, my God, that sucks. Like, you're dressed up for this ridiculous not scene. great movie. And just the most ridiculous scene in that movie. And you go, oh, yeah. 9-11 uh, happened. Attack on U.S. soil. Yeah. A moment of silence. I heard, didn't they do a moment of silence on set with him in the costume? It's what I've heard. Absurd. It sucks. I'd feel so bad if I was in that costume. It's a good story, though. Danny Trejo as Poacher. Hell yeah, Danny Trejo's back. Uh, Machete and Machete, obviously. Awesome. Love him. Uh, and then Frank Welker as Anaconda. He does the voices, like the, the sounds. Oh, okay. That name, who, what else did he do? Because well, that name is familiar. He's a super famous voice actor, like old school voice actor. He's done ton of stuff. If he's familiar to you, that's because he's Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? That's what it is. Yeah, he's I like, knew the name. He's Fred. I awesome. think he does, I want to say he does Scooby nowadays too, but. Oh, really? He's the OG Fred. I, I knew I knew the name. Yeah. All right, director, uh, Louis Losa. Uh, she also directed The Specialist. Uh, the writer is Hans Bauer. He helped write Titan AE and Jim Cash, uh, who did Top Gun, Jack Epps uh, Jr., who also did Top Gun. Oh, Bunch of t- two Top Gun writers, huh? Yeah. Titan AE is a film by, oh my god, what's his name? Do you know All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yes. So the guy who made that movie, like the animator, mm-hmm. made Titan AE. And it's like one of his last big animated films. Okay. Oh my god, what's his name? I feel really bad because he had the big animation company named after him. Don Bluth. That name is familiar. Well, he had Bluth Entertainment. Mm. Okay. Very interesting to me that there are two Top Gun writers on this. Which gives me the vibe that it's going to be an action movie and not a horror movie, which is exciting. I don't know. Well, I do know because I've seen this, but... Yeah. Budget. Oh, probably an obscene <laughs> amount of money. Yep. Estimated at $45 million. That's so much money. <laughs> yeah. What did we... Oh, God. We watched the Crazies remake. That was $20 million. They made this for $25 million more dollars. Did they make the Crazies remake for $20 million? Yes. I listened to the edit yesterday, oh, I well, remember. I didn't listen to the edit yesterday. Yeah, it was $20 million. I double-checked you. Don't want you lying to the audience. I, I know I'm right because sometimes. I listened to it yesterday. No, that's an absurd amount of money to make on a movie. I hope they made some money because I know this movie is... Well... I know this movie is not a good movie, but it's popular. Well, yeah, it was a giant snake movie in the late 90s. It did well. Yeah, okay. Not amazing, but it did It did what you'd expect. Okay, hit me. $136.8 million. Holy shit. It almost tripled its budget. Yeah. Oh my Which, god, that's awesome. Good turnout. Yeah, good turnout. A shitty creature feature snake movie. Yeah, but... I, oh, not, ex- that's not me deriving, deriding the movie. That's like 
what Hollywood was probably like when they made this film. Yeah. Probably like, shitty steak movie. <laughs> we'll break even. But they did more than break even, damn it. Yeah. Nice summer blockbuster kind of film. Oh, yeah. Country of origin, United States. Tagline, you can't scream if you can't breathe. Ooh. It's because it's a constrictor snake. Yeah, that's kind of, okay, that's not bad. I was expecting a far worse tagline. <laughs> nah, it's not great, but it's, it's okay. It's not great, but it's not bad. Facts. I got two. All right. The film opened at number one its first week with 16.6 million and remained at the top spot the following week. Holy shit. Why it's done so well uh, financially. And (laughs) remember when I mentioned it had six wins? Yeah. Well, the film was nominated for six Razzies. I don't think it won any of those Razzies, but it was nominated for them. Okay. Just wanted to put that out there. Razzies aren't good. Well, they're kind of good. They're funny. They're funny. Yeah. But you don't want to be the film that's won Razzies. Absolutely not. You do not. Unless that's what you're going for. Unless that's what, which I mean, maybe. Or you just don't up to it. Like, I, this this cast on this movie alone probably cost them so much money. Ice Cube. Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, Jennifer Lopez. This was right back. I kind of started acting. Yeah, this is like also when I would say all of those actors were bigger. Oh, yeah, they like, were all I big couldn't then. tell you the last Owen Wilson movie I saw. Like, wow. Just... <laughs> Does he even ma- is he even act anymore? Oh, didn't he do the Bob Ross movie? Was that Owen Wilson? Uh, maybe that might have been. I don't know. I could be wrong. He. I'm pretty sure he still acts. He's just not as big as he used to be. Yeah, and partially that's because he's older now. That's fair. And um, I think his he's probably in his 40s or 50s. I know, but he played characters that were like in their 30s. Yeah, he's 54 now. Dang. So you know, not he can't really do those roles anymore. Yeah, he's getting old. Well, he was Mobius in Loki, that TV show. I haven't watched it. Yeah, but I, I should have known that because I haven't watched that show, but, like, I know. Yeah, he was in Paint, which is the thing based on... Bob Ross? Bob Ross, but I don't think it's actually about Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also Lightning McQueen. I didn't know that, and I feel it. Like, well, you know I hate cars. Like, exte- but Bob, I, you drive. I hate cars. All the time. No. I hate the movie Cars, and I will not get into it on this podcast, but I have some friends who go, Cars is the best Pixar film, and I'm like, I will kill you. Oh, well, that's just the wrong opinion. That's what I say every time. They go, it's so good, and I go, that movie's fucking god-awful. That is a movie made to sell toys. Yep. Now, the first Cars, not bad. I still hate it. I, why do you hate it? It's it's god-awful. The first one? Yes. It's not god-awful. I, I genuinely don't like it at all. I feel like this is a personal issue and not anything to do with the film. No, it's just it. There are so many people that love it so much, and I think it it does not deserve <laughs> any of the respect. Uh, it's fine. I don't I, know. I when the hate last time it, you, Bob. This is entirely personal and not related to the quality of the film. Your reasoning was other people love it. I hate it. Well, because it just it, when people walk up to me and go, "My favorite Pixar movie is Cars," I go, "Have you not seen any other Pixar film ever? All of them are better. Like genuinely, no." Not all. Name of a that. worse Pixar film than Cars. Cars. 2. Okay. <laughs> uh, that isn't Cars 2 or Planes. That doesn't count. I don't know if Planes was made by Pixar. Is that not Pixar? I, I would assume it's Pixar. I would assume it is too, but it might just be a Disney production. That would be weird. I don't know. Like when you have stuff like Monsters Inc., which is my favorite Pixar film, or like Toy Story, and you go, Yeah, I like Cars more than that. I can't value your opinion. What's your favorite Pixar movie? Monsters Inc. That's fair. It's so good. That was the movie that made me appreciate animation as a medium. As a child. Even as a chi- child, I went, God damn, this is good. It still holds up. So good. <sighs> All right. Are we yeah. good? Are we? Can we go watch the movie now? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm asking, do you have any more things to talk about? Oh, no, no, no. That, this <laughs> is all the film gets. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll see you guys after the movie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching 
Anaconda. Ooh. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel after watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that low energy, but it's it's not a good film. No, it's not. Like, it's not a good film, but I had fun, damn it. I had fun, but that's mostly because I was watching with Bob and shooting the shit the whole time. Yeah. That does not mean this is an enjoyable film. Well, it doesn't mean it's a good film. There it is. I think it's enjoyable. You for can sure. enjoy yourself. I absolutely enjoyed myself. I, 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 the only person here who has watched this film by himself. You watched this by yourself? Mm-hmm. Why? The first time I watched it, I was like, I want to watch Anaconda. Never seen it before. Oh god! I had a lazy afternoon and I put on Anaconda, and it's it's not great. It's kind of you know, it's not great by yourself. So I'm doing my John Voight impression in this movie. <laughs> Can't do visual gags on our audio podcast, Mom. But it's so funny, bro. <laughs> it's really good. You look like you're going to shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh on that note. <laughs> you, you okay if I like, do a summary of this film? Yeah, man. It's not like there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> no, it's... Once again, one of those films where our summary is going to be super short because literally nothing happens. Nothing. So the setup is um, this lady. Don't know her character name. Do you know what it was? No. I don't know if they said her name I the whole movie. I just kept saying Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I like legitimately don't know if they said her name the entire they movie. They might have at the beginning. They probably did at the beginning. Jennifer Lopez as Terry Flores. I don't think I heard them say her name a single time. I don't know if they did either. I I kept referring to character names as their actors because I was like, yeah. there's Owen Wilson. And no, there's Ice Cube. We knew two characters, like, well, we knew a couple characters by their names because they were funny. Yeah. Like Owen Wilson's Gary. G- just calling Owen Wilson Which Gary is, is so very funny. Because funny. it's the most benign name out of the whole cast. Yeah. Like Gary. <laughs> Gary and Paul. <laughs> Why is his first name Paul? <laughs> That's uh, John Voight's character. Yeah. They call him Sarone the whole film, and then at one point they call him Paul. They go Paul Sarone, and it's like, why is his name Paul? All right. So the whole premise here is that Terry is the director of this documentary that's going into the Amazon to, like, research. Not research, but document one of, like, the really hidden tribes mm-hmm. that live in the Amazon. And she has gotten the help of this other guy. Who's named? Do you mean to tell you, or are you can look at the notes? I'm I'm looking at my notes right now. I'm just struggling. It's Eric Stoltz's character, uh, Doctor Stephen Kale. Yep, Professor yeah. Kale is what they call uh, him. The whole mill. They don't call him Stephen. Yeah, Doctor Kale. Doctor Kale. Who's he, Ice Cube's character, Danny? Yeah, makes a joke about it. It's kind of like a discount Indiana Jones. Yeah, but his whole thing is he's really good at finding these tribes in the Amazon, and so she's hired him to assist, and they've rented this charter. Uh, from this guy named Mateo. Yeah. He's the boat driver. Like and a local. A yeah. local driver man. And so it's uh, Dr. Kale. Terry. <laughs> uh, Danny, who's Ice Cube. Uh, Westridge, uh, who is Jonathan Hyde. Yeah. Owen Wilson's character, Gary. Gary. And then... Uh, His girlfriend. <laughs> Denise. Yeah. I didn't know her name until just now. Uh, who's played by uh, Carrie Warher. And they're driving down the river, just going down this route they have picked out. And they find this guy stranded on a boat. So apparently his boat's uh, engine got caught in some roots. Yeah. Which sucked. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to suck, I guess. And they basically go and save him because, of course, it's in the middle of the storm. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. But it also feels super set up. Absolutely. And anyway, this guy grabs his one bag. 
throws it on board, and then makes weird eye contact with Mateo. <laughs> and uh, the guy who hops on board is Paul Cerrone. Yeah. Who is John Voight's character, who is the most, first of all, I need to say, John Voight, I feel like he just didn't try at all. No, he's a like, good actor. He's a, he's a good actor, and he <laughs> hams it up so hard. He he squints this whole film with his mouth, like, teeth showing. He looked so fucking ridiculous, man. He looks so blatantly evil. He's and it, so evil. He does this really, really bad Portuguese accent, I guess? I don't know, Don't man. know. At one point, it's like, big explosion. <laughs> <laughs> just has the worst accent. It, it is just really bad over-the-top acting the whole time from John Voight. So blatantly evil. So I'm just going to tell you right now, that's our villain character. Yeah. Maniacally evil the entire time. And he's very obviously a snake poacher. And his whole thing is he's trying to go find this huge anaconda. And he's basically trying to... Uh, what's the word when you overthrow a boat? Oh, uh, mutiny. Yeah, he's trying to mutiny the ship, like commandeer the whole vessel and this whole documentary to, like, come help him hunt a snake. Yeah, and none of them want to do it, especially Danny. No, and he he's basically slowly influencing the actions to get what he wants. <laughs> Mostly just Gary. Well, no, like, he, he... Very early on in the film, they come into a fork in the road, and one has, like, a bunch of snake statues, and it's super menacing, and he's like, I want to go down that way. Yeah. And, um... Professor Kale's like, no! We're going the other way. Yep. And then just so happens that Professor Kale's in an accident, and he's like, well, I guess we're going to go that way. Because it'll take us to a hospital. The the way that's super menacing, which um, I think it might be implied that it's a setup. Well, he makes the joke earlier. Like, they make the joke like, it's not really a joke, but, oh, God, what is her name? Terry makes a joke about, like, how this is all a setup, and he goes, you think I put that wasp in his rebreather? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. That's luck. They make a whole joke about it. Yeah, but um, long story short, I just want to say, Kale's character's out of the whole movie after like 20 minutes. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. And, the entire um, film. It just feels weird. It feels like... Like he's set up to be like the cool guy that's supposed to like save the day, and he doesn't do anything except for lay in a bed. Yeah, the it, whole film. Because basically he gets stung by a wasp in the mouth, so he chokes, and then they uh, give him a tracheotomy. Yeah. So he's just in a bed for a couple shots the rest of the film, and it feels like there might have been some shooting problems or something. Like, they hired him, and then they couldn't get him the film scenes. Anyways, long story short, uh, Cerrone convinces them to go the route that's super menacing. Um, there's even a there's a fucking warning, like, statues, and then a big dam blocking the way. Because, obviously, this is where the giant anaconda lives. Yep. Uh, which is why Cerrone wants to go that way. And so they blow up the dam with dynamite, because apparently Cerrone just had a shit ton of dynamite in his bag. His the one bag. The bag he brought on the boat was full of dynamite. Which he, I want to emphasize... Through onto the boat. Shouldn't throw dynamite. Super unstable. But yeah, they blow up this way, and so they start going down the menacing route where the giant anaconda lives. And the film plays out exactly like you think. People start getting eaten by a giant snake. Yeah, that's the summary right there. Sorry if that was kind of spoilery, but that was just like the first 30 minutes, and then everything after that is snake. Snake. Snake snake killing people one by one. Yep. Snake fight. Explosions. Pretty cool. (sighs) Yeah, I mean... I don't have much to say about this film. No, like honestly, not really. it's 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 a real nothing movie. It's it's really slow. The beginning is at least I think. Well, even even the snake stuff is really slow. There's a lot of time between any action. With a lot, there's a lot of downtime. That's a lot of character interaction. But the characters aren't great. Like two the, of them are. 
two of them are, which is Westridge and Danny. Very good characters. Who have almost like a buddy cop kind of dynamic, where yeah. Westridge is this really posh kind of... He's like the main character in the documentary, so he's like a really posh, like... Britishman. British naturalist kind of guy. Very David Attenborough. Very Yeah, very upper crust, snooty. And then Ice Cube, Danny's, Danny, Ice Cube's character, just feels like they were like, Ice Cube, we're going to have you play yourself. Yeah, and it's good. It's fun. Or at least a very characterized version of yourself. And they just really, they first, like, bounce off each other in a very antagonistic way, and they eventually have, like, kind of a mutual acceptance, and it's just really great. Yeah. It's the only dialogue between characters in the whole film that I felt was very realistic and enjoyable. And, again, I watched this film by myself at one point. Whole thing's so boring. <laughs> uh, but that's like the saving grace for a lot of these in between scenes between when we see the snake. Because, yeah, I'm going to be honest, we don't see the snake a lot. No, I wish we saw it more. I think that's because the snake is most of the time it's practical, which looks cool. And I want to talk about the fact that the practical effects for the snake are really good. They are really cool. It's basically a big puppet. I think what it is is it's just the snake head and then its neck, which is a good, I don't know, 10. It was long. 15 feet of its neck. Yeah, it's pretty big. And they would usually have that stick out of the water so you couldn't see the bottom of it. And I think it's a, it's on like a rod system. Yeah, I think so. So it can turn side to side and stuff. I think the coolest part about the snake practical is its mouth opens. Yeah, it, it hisses it at people. It can open its, its mouth. awesome. It looks really cool. And it can stick out its tongue. And overall, it, it's a pretty decent puppet. It's not the best uh, like practical effect creature I've seen. No. In fact, it, it looks pretty fake most of the time yeah but i think they use it in ways that make it <sighs> but you they use it well yeah they use what they have well and i think it looks pretty cool usually i just think it it looks not alive i no. guess is the yeah, way I'm and i say think it. that's really hard to do with something like a snake because of the way it moves it's a very fluid motion and when you're using rods and stuff it just becomes out janky if you try and do that yeah so the fact that they got it to look as good as they did and still had to like wrap people up and stuff was pretty cool. Yeah, in fact, I think the biggest issue with the practicals for the snake is that the puppet very clearly, I think the real issue here is how big it was. It's fucking huge. And for how big it was, it doesn't move very slow yeah. like you'd expect a snake to move. And it makes it feel very staticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in a bad way, but there's a couple shots where they very clearly had to speed up the footage and it looks janky. But yeah, overall, I just want to mention that a lot of the sink is practical, and I, I do really like that. I do too. And they do some cool scenes where they'll wrap a, like a fake snake torso around something, and those also look very good. Yeah. But all the scenes where the snake is moving fast or like killing people are all CGI. It's and it, not great. It's not good Except CGI. Except for one. One time it looks okay. One time it looks okay, but it's the coolest kill in the film. Coolest kill in the film. I'm not going to tell you which character it is. I don't even tell you. I don't even want to say what happens. I just want to uh, say there is a really cool kill. I'm going to say, though, it involves... Do you want to give a landmark so we can... Waterfall. Waterfall. It's the waterfall kill. So cool. Coolest kill in the film. Looks super cool. The only issue, though, I know this because I've seen the trailer. It's so in the trailer. What? Yeah. Why would you show that in the trailer? Because that's It's how, the best part of the film. trailers work. That's stupid. But that's the only one that looks good. But there's a lot of bad snake CGI. The, the underwater snake CGI is atrocious. Oh my god, it's so bad. And I think it's because they don't have... I talked about this earlier, but CGI can look really good or it can look really bad. And what makes CGI look good is you have... Usually something you can have as a background to do yeah. like light and shadows off of. Mm -hmm. And for the underwater stuff, they very clearly didn't use that. That makes sense. There's a very distinct scene where there is someone inside a snake because they've been eaten. 
and the snake is swimming underwater, and it looks so bad. It's atrocious. Like, it looks comedic because, spoiler here, you can see the thing's face pressing against the snake, but not as in the person's fighting, like, to get out, but as in the snake is just so fat. It looks lumpy and dumb. So bad. Yeah. I I don't know, man. It's... And uh, there's a lot of continuity issues. There are... I'm even going to start on that. That pissed me off. Which I don't even want to get into. Basically, <laughs> the film has a lot of issues. Yeah. That's that's the basic summary here. There, nothing really happens. A lot of the characterization isn't great. And while the snake is like a decent practical, it's really impressive for what it is. It, I also think they do some cool stuff with the snake in the la- like last yeah. 30 minutes. That's Remember, like sick as hell. All the practical snake stuff reminds me of Jaws. Yeah. Like basically the practical shark in Jaws. But it's ruined by the CGI snake usage throughout. It, it's necessary, but it's not good. And John Voight just hams it up as the villain in a not good way. Like, his his acting's not great, but it works for this film. Like, the super over-the-top villain. Yeah. However, his character is just the worst. Yeah. Not the worst as in it's he's evil, but, like, he just... There's a couple times where we were just like, how are you doing what you're doing? Yep. Like, just superhuman bullshit. This is very much, I, it reminds me a lot of, in a lot of ways of arachnophobia, and I think that's to do with the fact that both of these came out in the 90s. Yep. Except way more cheesy and over the top. No, they're basically both campy monster movies, except arachnophobia is just, I don't want to say it's better written, but it's just overall a better film. Yeah. Like I it, don't know. This film, I think the best way I can describe it, is it feels like a boat cruise, like, amusement park ride yeah like a jungle cruise like a jungle cruise amusement park ride that just happens to feature a snake yeah it's pretty accurate the snake beating people sometimes yeah (laughs) and also there's an evil villain man who doesn't really do anything yeah i i don't think there's much more i can say there's just not a lot to talk about i mean i think we highlighted all the good parts which are danny westridge and the snake yeah i mean i just want to say love the character of westridge love it i love how he bounces off danny's character Ice Cube does a great job in this. <laughs> he genuinely does. It's just, they're the best part in a not good movie. Yeah. And it feels like there could have been a lot of promise here with the budget and... Like, with the budget alone and the, like, practical usage, like, they do some really cool stuff with their money. Yeah. But I feel like it lacks any heart? sort of heart or vision in any way. It's yeah. just like they wanted to make a snake movie, and then they went, okay, snake movie. That's it. Like, there's no... That's substance it. to the film like they were like we know we're gonna get people to come to theaters because we're promising them a big snake and we give them a big snake and it looks cool for a big snake but that's it that's it like and even i think they really were banking on the fact that they hired a bunch of really famous people for this movie at the time especially at the time especially and it's like but you don't give them a chance to shine and like, i think with a the lot writing of, i think a lot of them don't really try either yeah like, like jennifer lopez is such a nothing nothing character in this movie I mean, we didn't know her name. No. Like, Eric Stoltz's character, Professor Kale, cool when you see him. The fact that he's laid out on a bed for the entire movie sucks, because if you'd been around, it would have been awesome. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the bigger complaints. It's the characters who I like the most get the least screen time. Yeah. Essentially. Stoltz. Not Stoltz. Yeah, Stoltz. So, Professor Kale uh, hides character, which is... Uh, Westridge, and then Danny. Danny yeah. gets a lot of time. Danny gets a lot of screen time, but it's with, it's with Terry. So it's it doesn't. There's no. It's just him. It's literally just him. It's just Ice Cube 
doing quips and you know he's on screen because it's Ice Cube and not because of the character. Yeah. Okay. That was probably really ranty, but... There's, this movie's hard to talk about because there's not a lot of Nothing to happens and it's not great, but there's some silver linings sprinkled throughout. Yeah. I guess you want to do recommendations? Sure. Okay. We didn't really talk about this, even though it's probably my biggest recommendation. If you just want to sit down and watch a fucking a big snake movie with your friends, this movie's great for that. Because while it's not a good movie, you can make fun of it and it's enjoyable to like talk about with each other. Yeah, and it it, it looks good. And it has its moments. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of downtime. That's why I'd recommend it with friends. Yeah. Because so much of this film is... I don't want to say boring, but like... It's pretty boring. Not interesting. Yeah, because it's character interactions for characters that aren't characterized well, so it's not interesting. And so having friends you can like shit talk with. Yeah, we made a lot of jokes. More bearable. (laughs) Like there are a lot of outtakes that are just us ripping on the movie and laughing about it. (laughs) Yeah. Especially John Voight's dumb face. (laughs) The dumb face he makes in this whole film is so so good. (laughs) It it looks like... Bob's not going to get this reference, but in Silence of the Lambs, oh yeah, I don't know. There's a scene where um, the, it's the very famous scene with Hannibal Lecter, and he he makes a, a specific noise. And if you know the film, you know what I'm talking with about. But the face he makes when he makes the noise, talking about someone's kidney and fava beans. Ugh. Um, his face, John Voight's face. This whole movie looks like that. Yeah. And I, Bob's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. Sure, I don't it's know. It's just a weird face. I And I don't want to just shit on John Voight, because I know he's a good actor. I just think he was not given any good direction. <laughs> I don't think he tried. I also don't think he tried. So yeah, if you watch a big snake movie with friends and like get drunk, this is a great movie for that. I can't believe this movie is PG-13, by the way. We haven't even talked about that. Oh. Insanity. It's not the gore. No. There's not even that much gore at all. I can totally get why this is PG-13. Uh, they totally sexualized Jennifer Lawrence. Her tits are not basically out. Um, Not Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. She's wearing a white tank top for like the first 45 minutes and it's completely see-through and she doesn't have a bra on. But yeah. Well, no. When she's wearing the white one at the beginning. Yeah, the white one at the beginning is really bad. Egregious. Because I'm just like, you can. her boobs are basically out. I think that's probably why it was PG-13. Oh, probably. To be honest. Did this say fuck? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Maybe it was PG-13 because of her boobs. Because of that and maybe the gore. But there's... (laughs) This isn't PG, but it feels close. For most of the movie. Maybe, I guess. Because of the gore. Like, the snake stuff's all PG-13. Yeah. So, yeah. Drunk with Friends, great. If you want a good practical movie, uh, practical animal effects specifically, the snake looks cool. And I think <laughs> it's kind of worth it just for that if you're interested in it. When we get to see it, again, super reminiscent of the shark and Jaws. I think that's because, A, it's a big practical dummy for an animal. Yeah. But also because it's coming out of the water for most of the film. Mm-hmm. Love it. So cool. If you want to see a, a good Ice Cube movie, I wouldn't say it's a good Ice Cube no, movie. No, it's, it's not. But a, it's an Ice Cube movie where he is basically the main character. Yeah, there's there's definitely better Ice Cube movies. There are. So much better Ice Cube But movies. if you're afraid of Ice Cube and you want to see him fight a big snake, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> all I Bob's think, got. I think you made a good point. If you want something that very is a very akin to a Jungle Cruise, very much get that vibe for the beginning half of this movie. While it's not great, that's something you're interested in. Because I think they do some cool stuff with, like, the animals. Like, you see a lot of live animals, like, in different seasons. Yeah. Stuff, like monkeys and stuff, and that's kind of cool. No, it just feels like a Jungle Cruise ride at, like, an amusement park. Yeah, like at Disney. But, like, horror-themed. Horror-themed. Horror-adjacent. Yeah, those are my only recommendations. All right. Um, I got very similar ones to Bob, which is why I was talking to him about it when he was giving his recommendations. Uh, but 
with friends. I think that's probably the only way you're going to watch this film and have a lot of fun. Because yeah. it's, it's so slow during the slow points, and there's nothing to, like... During the slow points, you're supposed to latch onto the characters and the characterization, but it's hard to care. Yeah. Especially with, like, how obvious what everything's going to happen is. Outside of that, if you want to see some practicals, they're not there all the time, and the CGI is egregious when it's there. Yeah. But the practicals you do get to see are pretty good. I love them. They're... It's, I keep that's saying, what makes me mad is, like, it's so cool. Yeah. They're good when they're there. And they're, like, not the best practical monster effects ever. But it's just cool because it's a giant, like, rod puppet or something. So if you're interested in that, go watch it for that. And I guess my final recommendation is if you just want to see Ice Cube ham it up and fight a big snake, you get some of that. If you want to see him do, like, a buddy cop routine with a rich British man. British man. Also good for that. Also good for that. Otherwise, though... That's it. Yeah. Snake movie, obviously. Snake movie. If you want to see a snake movie, it, that's what it is. This the this is the snake movie. But, yeah. That's it for me, man. That's it for me. Okay. Rating? Shit. <laughs> it's a hard one to rate. It is hard because I appreciate uh, some of this film, but other parts I'm like, throw it away. <laughs> Get it out of here. I don't fucking that's care. It's not good. It's not good, but I don't want to shit all over it. I know, but the fact that you just went, throw it away... It's not a good sign. I would say you how I would say there's like maybe 30 minutes of this film that's worth watching. We can make this a TV show. You can make a you can make an episode of a TV show out of this. Um, <laughs> 45 million dollars for 45 million because the stuff they do with the budget outside of the like characterization stuff is cool. Oh yeah. The Setting stuff. The setting stuff is cool. All the different, like, stuff they do is super cool. If they had just done something more with these characters and weren't just making, like, a summer blockbuster they knew would make money and they put effort into it, it could be so goddamn good. That's what makes me upset about this film. <laughs> but the summarization for this is just just a snake movie. Here's, here's where I'm sitting. Is it the greatest movie of all time? No. Did I have fun? Yes. But is that because of the film or because of me? I'm trying to think of what they set out to make. And what they set out to make was a summer blockbuster about a giant snake eating people. A snake cash grab. And they did that, but I don't want to give it a three. No. But also, like, the snake practical is so cool, and the stuff you do with it is so cool. And two of the characters are enjoyable out of, like, six. So that kind of sucks. Like, a third of the cast, two-thirds of the cast is nothing. Yeah. Two and a half. I don't want to give it a three, because I think they could have made it a lot better. But also, I do appreciate a lot of the stuff they did. Okay. I think I'm sitting on that. Okay. I'm going to give it a little bit lower. I'm going to go with the two. That's completely fair. Because I think, like Bob said, what they set out to do was just a snake movie. Like, I, I don't I, I don't like saying that, but I think the premise for this was giant snake kills people. That's what they wanted to do, and it was never meant to be anything deeper than that, I don't really think. There are some attempts with the whole, like, documentary stuff. In the ending, you can see they tried to tie something together. Yeah. It's so nothing, I'm not even going to mention it. But, I mean, I sure upset it. I hated the ending. But long story short, like, I think it it's really hard to f- mess that up. Because, like, as long as you have a giant snake in the movie that kills people, you've kind of succeeded. And normally I would give that a three just for achieving the premise. But I'm taking away a point because of how little of that there was in this film. Yeah. I mean, I, on rough estimate... 
like scenes with the actual snake on screen is probably less than 15 minutes. Oh, probably, yeah. Now there's there's a bunch of scenes where like it's the snakes implied to be there. And it's like stalking people, which I like that stuff because it makes the snake scarier and like it builds suspense, but the fact that they don't do that all the time and it feels more like an action movie than a suspense horror movie takes away from that. Yeah. And so like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes of this film is just people sailing down a river not even arguing or anything. No. But just like... Existing. Existing. And it's so nothing. I just don't care. And like if there was better characters and stuff, I could give it higher. But there's just so much that's nothing that it takes away from the actual snake parts of this film. I think if I was to rate it higher, I would need more... Just more snake. Just give us what we came for, you know? And it just doesn't even give me that. So I can't give it a, a three. That's fair. And it's not like they had a, a low budget and couldn't show us more. They just didn't. For some reason. Probably because it's tough to film with a giant ass practical like that. It probably which I is. Get. But you still need more snake in your snake movie. Yeah. They tried to build up to it dramatically and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. Um, huh. I guess on that note, we're going to go to the outtakes. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Anaconda so far. I think this movie is real fun, even though it's not an amazing film, I still enjoyed myself. But, if you do not want any spoilers from the outtakes, please skip to 1 hour, 7 minutes, and 24 seconds immediately. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to the opening text. What is happening? Tales of monstrous man-eating anacondas have been recounted for centuries by tribespeople of the Amazon Basin, some of who are said to worship these giant snakes. Anacondas are among the most ferocious and enormous creatures on Earth, growing in certain cases as long as 40 feet. Unique among snakes, they are not satisfied after eating a victim. They will regurgitate their prey in order to kill and eat again. That is entirely false. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. No animal would do that. It's so fucking stupid. No, but regurgitate their prey so they can eat again. Owls do that. They, owls will hawk up like the little balls. No, yeah, an owl bones pellet. and stuff, and then they'll actually pick it back apart and eat parts no, of it again. No, but that's because they can't digest that stuff. This this film is implying that this predator, this predatory animal, will go hunt something, eat it, and then spit it back up so it has more room to kill things. Oh, no, that is stupid. <laughs> This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the cold open. Holy shit, really? He was so scared of the snake he blew his own brains out. Well, scared of dying by a snake? I guess, yeah. This next clip is Ben and I meeting Westridge for the very first time. Chef, eh? I don't even know what that means. I think, like, it's probably a Portuguese slang term or something. But it sounds like jefe. It kind yeah, like it kind of does. But the guy, there he is. Yeah, there he is. I really like him in this film. Oh, he's playing the. <laughs> oh man, he's playing like the rich eccentric man on the yep. on the cruise. This is gonna be awesome. This next clip is my reaction to some underwater scenes, as well as John Voight's stupid face. Mmm, the snake. Um, <laughs> mm, no, please stop. 
I just like the jump from oh this is cool to oh well, I, I thought e- about it oh I didn't think about well, I, sorry what I'm saying is like I didn't expect it no nah, yeah. is not expect this is a cool scene to include that sucks the rope got caught in their own propeller propeller that sucked yeah um something cool I've noticed yeah they're sort of I didn't expect it from this movie but it's the attention to detail the dude that's from here speaks Portuguese and French. He's been cursing in French and Portuguese. Super cool. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Like, it's the... <laughs> Can that be the fucking movie time? <laughs> John Boyd's fucking face! Look at him! That has to be the cover you picked. Just him doing that. If I can find it. Okay. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to Professor Kale being taken out of commission for the rest of the film. You okay, Bob? There was a bug in his mouth. That big bug. A giant ass wasp. Oh, is he gonna make a a trachea thing out of a pen? Tracheotomy. Yeah. Oh God. Ah. Ugh. Oh God, I hate this. I hate this. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to all the stupid choices the people on the boat are making, and also, what's in Paul's bag. I'm just going to put this out here. Mm-hmm. There was that tribal statue that looks like a man being eaten by an anaconda. Yep. And now a dam. <laughs> all good signs. Yep. All fantastic signs. That <laughs> man's going at that orange. Yeah. I was so excited when she was wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> what a good question. Is that real dynamite? I love how he had this on his boat that was stranded and decided to take it with him. But I would not leave dynamite behind. I mean, yeah, but it's just... It's the funny idea of, I think he only took, like, a bag with him. He did. He threw one bag onto this boat, and it just happened and also, to be filled he, with dynamite. he threw the bag full of dynamite. Don't throw a bag full of dynamite. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to the first time we see the snake kill someone in this movie. That they're floating down the river somehow? I, here's the thing. I, I don't think it's supposed to float. Just Void is doing a poor job of carrying it to make it look like it's not floating. I guess, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for falling in the water dramatically, Mateo. Very out of character, too. Very out of character. Now he's talking in Spanish. Oh! <laughs> he just get one shot like that? Holy shit. Man's just dead, huh? Well, not yet. He's dying. Now he's dead. Oh. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to the group, trying to figure out where the hell Mateo went, and Westridge making a very good point. You look like you would, though. <laughs> he does look like he'd suck the meat off his bones. I'm sure that Mateo's dead. I'm pretty sure Mateo's dead. <laughs> exactly. He has a good point. This next clip is Ben and I reacting to how shitty Sarone really is. He's really just going to let it take Gary like that when Gary was the only one that wanted to help his stupid ass? Well, yeah, he doesn't care. 
Yeah, at this point, I, I would fucking throw his ass in the water. Fuck that bitch. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to some of the awful underwater snake CGI in this movie. Ugh. That looks so bad. That's awful. This next clip is Ben and I bitching about how much the leading characters in this movie suck. You know one of the characters I really don't like in this movie, though? Who? Uh, the girl. What? What is her actor's name? The actress? That one with the shirt. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. She's fine. I don't like her character. I don't hate it, but she's just so nothing for, she like, do anything. a leading lady. So I'm saying the two leading characters in the movie are not good. No, the two leading characters in this film are Westridge and Danny. Yeah, and then also the villain, Mr. Mr. Paul Cerrone. Yeah, but he's looking like that the whole time. <laughs> no, you can't take him seriously. He's always just squinting with his mouth a little open, like... He looks like he wants to eat someone. <laughs> This next clip is Ben and I reacting to Sarone doing some absolutely insane superhuman bullshit. She also died in like three seconds. He killed her with a leg lock like that? That's fucking insane. How is he going to escape? He's still tied up. Well, remember she had a knife? How is he going to get the knife, Ben? Uh, with his magical legs. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the coolest kill in the movie. Danny doesn't need to move his arm. Oh. Bye, Westridge. Also, oh, he jumps out the... Oh, that's awesome. Oh, he caught him. That was a cool kill, actually. No, straight up, coolest kill of the whole movie. That's actually such a sick kill. Now, it's bad CGI, but still. Bad, well, that was cool because it's practical. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to Paul Cerrone being a magic man. This movie doesn't have to make a lot of sense. It's just like cobbled together plot points. Yeah. What the fuck? He's alive? Yep. How, bro? If I... you get tranked and thrown in a river, you drown. Yep, doesn't make sense except that he's a magic man. He's literally magic. Because okay. he, he got brained with a golf club. Like, you can literally see inside his skull. Yeah. And he, he was fine. He just woke up, talked, and then murdered someone with his thighs. Yep. This next clip is Ben and I's reaction to the coolest part of this film. Well, you're not jumping. You're falling. Let's be honest. Oh. Also, that explosion makes no sense. No, but it's a cool way to kill a snake. I mean, yeah. But it's so cartoony, you know? Yeah. Compared to, like, just shooting one in the head. That's so fucking cool, though. Giant flaming snake chasing her? Well, it's especially cool because you know they just lit their puppet on fire. Yeah, man. This this movie has its okay parts. Yeah, the it has its merits. The merits are uh, Westridge and Danny, and then They had money, the so they made a cool-ass snake. Yeah. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. 
it's a whole lot of us making fun of John Voight's face in the movie. I'm sure there's other stuff in there. But... <laughs> there's other stuff, but all I can think about... That's all Bob remembers from this film. No, no, no. All I can think about is, is a moment in the movie where... where... <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because it's so funny. Where you, I look at you and you look at me and I just make the face and you just start cackling. Because <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> anyway... Do we have any announcements, Benjamin? Well, we're still doing convention prep stuff. Yeah. That's going to be going on for... Till October. Well, the convention's in October. I don't know when we'll finish actually doing convention prep. If I want to be done before the convention. But basically, we'll probably be done with it, but episodes are going to be coming out until then. Yeah. Tomorrow, we have a another convention prep episode coming out. It's Night of the Living Dead. Hell yeah. You know, uh, we've already recorded that one at this point, so... Yeah. Look forward to that. That's coming out Saturday. So, Monday, we're doing... Dawn of the Living Dead. No. That film doesn't exist. We're doing Dawn of the Dead. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Not yeah, Dawn of the Living Dead. It's Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, you're right. And I don't know why le- I said that. There's legal issues. It's an easy mess up. Uh, and So, we're doing Dawn of the Dead on Monday, and we thought we'd complete the original Dead trilogy, and so we're doing Day of the Dead on, on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Uh, so look forward to those. Very exciting. I, I will say I haven't edited those episodes yet, but those are those are some of my favorite episodes we've recorded in a while. Those were really fun. Additionally, I think we're looking to do a Fourth of July episode. Uh, yeah, we are. We basically we're we're gonna do it probably. And unless <laughs> More than some likely. issue happens, that should be coming out on the Fourth of July. Unless something insane happens, we're gonna record it. So look for that or a Twitter post from Bob saying I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ben tragically uh, couldn't Passed make away. it. Oh, well, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Bob's computer exploded. He lost all the content. Don't say that, bro. <laughs> that's actually... <laughs> that's the one that's worse than me dying? I wouldn't say worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say both are equally as tragic. All right. Well, besides that, check us out on, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, other internet places. We're also on YouTube, which... Not necessarily the most convenient place to listen to us, unless you're just on your computer. But it's a great place to like support us, where we can see it. Uh, so if you want to do that, like you can like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. It's also really nice if you want to be like notified every time we release something. Oh yeah. Uh, if you hit that like bell button, you know, smack it, ring it, whatever. Uh, if you want to communicate with us, YouTube's a great place for that too. We do read the comments. Yeah. Um, Twitter's another place if you want to talk to Bob specifically. In either case, just slither on in there like a little sneaky snake. Ah, there it is. I was waiting on that one. And uh, wrap up all our attention. Um, This is something I want to talk about. Recommendations. I've been getting a lot of recommendations from people at work lately. But if you have recommendations, leave them in the comment section. Yeah. I will always appreciate recommendations because they give us stuff like, let's say we I pick a category that doesn't have a lot of movies. And you recommend something. Great for Ben, so he has to do less work. <laughs> I also always think it's funny because the recommendations usually go to Bob. Yeah. And then Bob's like, okay, can't look this up. Yep, I just have to go, <laughs> Ben, look into this. I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, like Ben said, check us out on Twitter. It's where I post updates about the show. Basically, anything you want to know about the show gets put on our Twitter. So on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes, which is basically a movie cover hidden and you can reveal it to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do so that whenever we 
you listen to the episode, you get, don't get any spoilers. Yeah, I swear it's not naughty stuff. It's not. It's not naughty stuff. I never. <laughs> one of these days, you're gonna get. I'm gonna get in trouble because of you. What do you mean? I'm saying I post naughty stuff on the internet. I, just I don't. Said it wasn't naughty stuff. I know, but the implication here that you're laughing is that it is. Well, no, the implication here is Twitter says it's naughty stuff. Because well, I don't mark it as content. nudity or violence. <laughs> I mark it as sensitive content. I'm gonna start marking them as nudity just for funny. I'm not no. gonna do that. No, no, no. I won't do that. But yeah, and also you can watch it before we do. So whenever we talk about stuff and we're being really vague, you kind of get an idea of what we're referencing. And then on Fridays or whatever day an episode drops, I post a link to the episode, so you can just go there. If you miss an upload or like wonder when something went up, basically a link will always be in our Twitter for every episode. I think the last thing is we're on TikTok now, so check us out on TikTok. I've been posting TikToks about the show, clips from the show, different stuff. Actually, a couple of them are on YouTube Shorts now as well. So if you're interested in YouTube Shorts instead of using TikTok, they're there as well. I try to keep them semi-consistent together, but sometimes the TikToks are longer than YouTube Shorts allows because YouTube Shorts has a 60-second time limit, and TikTok's time limit is like 10 minutes. It's almost though- like one is actual short-term content, and then the other is now YouTube light. Well... <laughs> I mean, our TikToks are usually between a minute and two. Yeah. So I try to keep them. I don't try to post super long clips from the show because... You can just watch the show. You just watch the show. Yeah, there's no point in that. You just go watch the actual show. Uh, but yeah, check us on TikTok. If TikTok's your platform, check us out there. I think that's it. All right. We're done? Yeah, that's it. All right. I guess... Uh, see you tomorrow. I guess we'll, yeah, see you tomorrow for Night of the Living Dead. Or next week. Or next week, whenever you watch. <laughs>